0: Zig coming in on the top. Today on the show, we have Chachi of Round Eye. Round Eye is a punk band located in Shanghai, China. Chachi and some of the other founding members are expats from America. Um, and when you think of punk rock, you think of the pushback that punk rock initially looks like, right? And to think about doing that in a place as regulated as China seems like an impossible feat. And the fact that these guys are doing that, adapting as foreigners with their own unique voice into a scene is already hard enough and when it's as regulated as it is shows that what one may think as impossible is possible and you can do it with a punk rock attitude and with respect and with artistic integrity Round Eye has a new album out it's called Culture Shock Treatment and it's littered with punk rock royalty it was produced by Mike Watt mixed by Bill Stevenson put out by Vincent from Less Than Jake's label, and Joey Shithead from DOA put out a vinyl version of it, and the record slaps. We're gonna listen to Culture Shock Treatment off of Culture Shock Treatment by Round Eye. Culture Shock Treatment off Culture Shock Treatment by Round Eye. This conversation was very insightful. I had no, like, understanding of how difficult it would be to have a band in a regimented country, let alone, like, a band in, a, in an unregimented country, or as regimented. Um, during the conversation, uh, Chachi was moving into a new place, and uh, his friend Agua was there from the band Lao so he popped on for a little bit to kind of shed some light on um, the music scene in China. Also it's so epic steve mckay the sax player from the stooges record his last record the last thing he recorded on was round eyes first record round eye by round eye and it's just epic this there's so much punk rock royalty with this band it's so rad you got to check it out you got to check out their catalog and dive into all the records that came before culture shock treatment before we get into it, if you guys can like, subscribe, rate, review the podcast on all the podcast platforms, it helps me keep talking to cool people like Chachi and sharing their insights with you. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Chachi. Cleveland.
1: So I'm... Almost, Cleveland? Yeah, yeah, So what? You're now that's class kind of guy, huh? Right. Okay.
0: Yeah, I was trying to find if you guys <laughs> played a played cleveland at all in any of uh, your
1: projects and like oh yeah don't feed the crackheads yeah we did that place a couple of times
0: yeah <laughs> yeah now that's class which what stage did you play on
1: there's two of them in there there's the one where the we app- did the main uh, one and then we did the side one
0: okay the side one sucks. we did the main
1: one when we did the main one they had like a skating thing it was like you could skate in there right they
0: oh, that shit was the shit they got rid of that yeah that was actually really rad <laughs> the side stage sucks there's no room for a fucking band on that. Yeah, little the side stage platform. was.
1: Yeah, it was. It was just a typical fucking narrow ass bar setting. You know what I mean? Right. But that, that main stage was super cool. Right, right. I don't, I don't get what. I think. Man, what's the name of that? What's the name of that gay bar that's right next to it? Oh, God, that place was hilarious. I can't remember. Uh, fuck. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Though, right? what you're
0: Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Because uh, the big room used to be part of it. I think because if you look on the walls. Oh, you can wow, see the, God, really? Yeah, yeah. If you could look on the walls, you can see uh, paintings near the top of the where the half pikes uh peaks were right i guess it's uh, a yeah, yeah. you can see paintings of like naked dudes and stuff <laughs> <laughs> wow. uh, that's, that's cool. sick what what project played there no it was round eye round eye nice okay, okay. yeah yeah uh, what year was that
1: oh my god Uh it must have been we were there okay the first time we were there was with daikaiju that was like uh 2014, and then the last time was with uh, Mr. Clinton the Pink Cigarettes, and that was 2016, something like
0: okay, that. Okay, shit. Wait, does the it,
1: small bar one was with Clint, the cigarettes. God,
0: fuck, that's fucked. Like, just think, because <laughs> like, you can't fit a full band on that little stage. Oh,
1: dude, no, of course we couldn't, <laughs> but I mean, we may do. <laughs> <laughs> that's sick. It's a
0: cool spot though, <laughs> despite its fight. Uh, it's it's a it's, uh, uh, shittiness to it. It's cool and the crowd. That oh no! I was happy to be there. there. I was
1: happy to feed the crackheads. You know, it's actually fucking funny. Is that the last time we were there when we were playing the small bar? Yeah. Uh, I sold my dirty socks to a crackhead for fifty dollars. <laughs> that, that, that was actually interesting because he likes he liked he liked he, he I guess he dug the whole smell of man on a sock or something. What? It was some sort of erotica <laughs> thing. Yeah, fifty Be- bucks.
0: Yeah, some people make <laughs> mad money with that. There's a there's <laughs> there's lots. Couldn't of believe a, it. I, I, you got firsthand evidence. <laughs> that's bonkers. <laughs> well, that that's Cleveland for you.
1: <laughs> I was very happy with that. That was great. That that fueled my evening. Fuck! Is that
0: like that has to be a highlight a tour highlight? <laughs> we made more. In it was Cleveland. great, man.
1: Because we we actually got a picture with them, and it was it was it was a more elaborate story. But it was it was really ah oh, it was great. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> I can't either.
0: Oh, man. but that that's like the end of like. So you're getting through Lakewood, right? And that's like a kind of a nicer end of Cleveland, and then you get to. Uh, where now that's classes, and then you're going into Cleveland. So there's like this, this like cut like a midpoint, right, where you can get a people that will buy socks, and then people that are like, we're going to my friend's diner. Do you care to come? Loved like, it.
1: Yeah. I, I'm glad that that was the only introduction to Cleveland that we ever got. I was yeah? really interested in that. That was great. I've never seen the nice side of Cleveland.
0: Okay. Well, it's not as exciting.
1: <laughs> that's then I'm not interested. Right. <laughs>
0: dope so doing a tour like that leaving because you you grew up in florida what brought you to shanghai
1: well i came here initially it had nothing to do with music i came here because uh you know the band i was in at the time in florida which had been going for about 10 years was uh libyan His squad and We just stopped, you know what I mean? And then it was, I think the last tour that we had booked that we couldn't even make was supporting Greg Ginn and the Taylor, Texas Curricators. And it was like, and as soon as that ended, I was like, well, forget it. Then it's done. And the economy was in shit. This was was at the time of the great recession, right? Right, right. So nobody could find work no matter what degree you had. So I was just like, okay, well, I had um, a friend who lived in Chengdu, which is a city in central China for a little while. And he told me all about it, and and uh, he said, "Well, you should try it out here." And the previous drummer of Libyan lived out there, and so I decided to take him up on their request, and the rest is history.
0: Damn, that's a huge jump, like.
1: Yeah, tell me about it, man.
0: Because the culture and from I have I've had a few friends, and actually I have a friend who lives in China, and like just their description of it seems like such an A and B like thing. From what where's your friend live? I can't remember. Um, I have to pull it up because uh, he works at a, some a company doing stuff with computers and he's bouncing all the time.
1: Uh, oh, so he's probably in real small China. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. So like, it, he told me and like he's in and out, but like, uh, just the it seems like the the culture there, really, at least here, is like, hey, how's it going? And there, it's kind of like they no no like interaction is that does is that oh, true? Oh no no, okay. it's not like that. I
1: mean, but then again, that's why I asked where he was because it really does Shanghai is a much more open and sociable city than say, you know, sure Guangzhou or something like that.
0: Okay. Is that like and that would be more in the country?
1: That's more it's 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 what you would call a second tier city. Okay. Like we're we're like in the 20 million and beyond population. Jeez. And they would be more in the 15 million. <laughs> if that makes any fucking sense to you. <laughs> Those
0: are huge numbers, but they're different. So I can follow that. Right. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> and does that, does that, is it like when it's less people, more people are kind of conserved to themselves
1: or. Like... No, it's just, it's just me. I think it means, um, because for instance, Chongqing, Chongqing has a larger population than Shanghai, but culturally and, uh, uh-huh i guess globally they're more enclosed okay they're more uh centric right but shanghai shanghai being the the a huge trading port that it is you know international city it, it tends it has tends to have a more a larger foreign population so a more hence of uh, open more open mind
0: okay well that makes sense because uh, it's an export and more people are coming through and it's nice, right like, more and... people
1: are coming through it's the same thing with hong kong and shit like that okay
0: because it's, it's interesting because, like, from what I understand
1: about I mean, Shanghai Shanghai had, a, like, a jazz scene in the 20s, you know what I mean? Like, this, Shanghai used to be, like, uh, like the place where the people in Hollywood used to come and hang out on a, you know, if they had a week off, they would go over to Shanghai and just chill. That's sick. It had a huge jazz scene, yeah. It has a large history of that kind of, like, foreign involvement. Where I live is called the French Concession, you know what I mean?
0: Oh, okay. That well, that makes sense. So, it's (laughs) it's like a it's like yeah, yeah. So it's embracing it as opposed to is uh, um, um, shunning it to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: definitely more than most of China for sure.
0: Interesting. Are you a jazz guy?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: I was gonna say like that self titled Round Eye album is Coltrane y and Funhouse y as fuck.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, man. I I'm, I'm obsessed with that shit. Who are your guys? If you dove it, like, are you Sax? Albert Ayler. Okay. Nice. You know what I mean? Or, or Ornette Coleman. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, of course, Coltrane, you know? Like, right. God, it's just uh, to be alive in the early to mid 60s for jazz, for me, that would be some sort of a weird That would be witnessing the birth of Christ. That'd be really amazing.
0: You were like you set up to hang out with Watt for real
1: with that mentality. Yeah, I know, man. God, he's obsessed with him. It's great. I love how he wears like a Coltrane pin on his shirt, and uh, <laughs> every time Coltrane's birthday comes around, it, Watt's always on it. It's cool. It's great. I really dig that.
0: It's so cool, and what what a guy to be into. Like as far as oh man, he's so guys? sweet. He's, yeah. he's awesome.
1: Watt.
0: Yeah, no, one of the yeah, nicest Watt. dudes in the world. And like, have you read? Have you read? A, he has a book. Have you read his book? I haven't. It's like a little, it's like, what, a, what book is that? Um, what was the name? of it? It's like a collection of his, uh, his just poetry basically.
1: Uh, oh, I heard about this. He told me about this and you know, I've never seen it. And you know, cause of course I've been out here for over a decade. So it's really hard for me to get my fingers on anything like, you know, cool like that. Like, uh, the last thing I got when I was in Pedro was we went to a party oh. after a show. Uh, actually, we were just, we were with Watt, yeah. and Watt went home, and then I went over to a house party with Craig Ibarra, and this guy wrote a book, and he gave me a copy of his book called "A Wailing of a Town." Have you ever heard of this? No. It's it's the uh, it's the oral history of San Pedro punk rock.
0: Whoa, that sounds sick.
1: It's great, man. It's fucking fantastic, and of course, Miniman are like the nucleus of all of it. But it's you know they, they talk about you know. The suburban lawns and all sorts of crap. It's really, really, really interesting.
0: That has to be like a out of the whole like L.A. Californian punk scene. Pedro is like it's like little little blimp and head so unique as far as like if the Minutemen are heading it. You know what I mean? Like I know, the, right? The Minutemen. Isn't that weird? Is, yeah, that's rad. I have to check that out. But uh, in, it's Watt, great. in Watt's book, he he writes this bit about going to Coltrane's grave and laying on it. And being like, a guy was I don't know, five, four. And like, you know what I mean? Just blah, blah. <laughs> like, and like, yeah. That, it's so like moving. Like, I've never thought, uh, uh, d- d- moved by anyone to lay on their grave to try to like see the, the height different. You know, it's just, it's like a
1: next level of like moved by an artist. I mean, adoration. You know right. what I mean? I mean, he loved him. And I, 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 I relate to that. I really love that. It's like, uh, you know, I've, have you ever visited the grave of an artist that you admire?
0: Yeah, once when I was super, super young, I went to I saw Stevie Ray's grave. Um, that was oh, cool. that's cool. Right, where like, was that? Uh, to, um, Austin. Oh, Austin, that's cool. Something because I, when I was young, that was my first like, oh, guitar is a way of expression. Whoa, look at this guy do it. Yeah, he's covering people, but that's like a that's a platform. You can do that.
1: You can you yeah, can learn for sure. from
0: someone else. <laughs> Like,
1: I think, you know, I think visiting the graves of the guys like that, especially when you're an adult, like whenever, especially when you're like an adult musician, right? you, you kind of like <laughs> not to put a whole spinal tap thing on it, but you get it puts a lot of perspective on the things. You know what I mean? Right. Like I visited the graves of Hank Williams and Buddy Holly and like. And Marky, or uh, not uh, no, Marky, he fucking, he still he's still alive. He's still here. Fucking, uh, <laughs> and Johnny and all these guys. I've visited a lot of graves. And it's not some sort of morbid thing. It's just uh, I think he's just trying to channel an energy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, for you know I mean? sure. Yeah, definitely. It, it didn't come off as like a weird, like, whoa, what's doing some Yeah, because
1: weird... that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe he yeah. gets a hard on from dead people. I don't know. I, don't, I, I, doubt I have to it. talk about what talk, <laughs> talk to what about that.
0: <laughs> I highly doubt it. Well, too nice of a. <laughs> but yeah, no, that makes sense because it's kind of like that. What well, that's the closest you can get to some yeah, of these, that's it. these people that's, in a that's, way. That's, that's, that's it, and it, it's 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 almost calming. It, it brings like a, this sen- sense of legend to a
1: to reality. It does. And it also, for I agree. And it and also, for me, it brings clarity that it happened. Right, right. You know what I mean? It makes yeah, it yeah. a little more real to me. It's like, because all of this shit, you know what I mean? Even the punk rock movement, all of that crap, because I, I was so far removed from that. I grew up in Florida. So the L.A. movement, the New York movement, all of that shit, and the Ramones, X, whatever it is, it just seems so romantic, right? It just right. seems so fantasy and then when i when i go and see buddy holly in front of me like in the ground of course but still he's there he's yeah. like oh wow well it's real right. okay
0: yeah that's crazy. There it's crazy it it's, it's it's as crazy as like reading about the or, or, or watching videos and performances of somebody and then seeing them in real life you know what i mean yeah. like you're like fuck they they yeah, are for real. sure and they're, 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 they're i guess shorter i don't know Like, the the Henry Rollins tattoos don't look as fucking brutal as, like, as those photos, but they're still there. There's some waves to (laughs) it. But there's something beautiful about it being real and being, like, almost tempered
1: in a way. It almost made me glad that there was uh, – that those artists in particular happened to have – Wanted to have a gravestone in the first place because most guys just get fucking you know ashes and you know yeah but but uh, uh you know it made me appreciate it it gave me a place to uh, I guess worship if you will
0: that that's sense. cool yeah no that's awesome yeah that's only I haven't I've been I wanted to go to that place in France where like Morrison's at I've been Beethoven. there yeah, yeah I
1: saw where Morrison was at it was weird because like Morrison's kind of like kind of like the neglected stepchild he's kind of like. Buried in the clutter. Yeah, Oscar Wilde's got the spotlight. Yeah, and <laughs> Chopin. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the- which rightfully so, I suppose. Right, right. Nobody well- gave a fuck about the Lizard King in France.
0: <laughs> well, compared to like, yeah, you know, Liszt and like all those guys have been around forever. They probably had more time to take up
1: some room, <laughs> squeeze, dimed in. So there. crazy though. In that same in that same uh graveyard in Paris when I was there, they also had the dictator of the Dominican Republic. My mother's Whoa. Dominican, so she knew yeah. about the shit. They, when when he died, his name's Trujillo. And uh when he died, they the Dominicans didn't want him buried in that you f- on their ground. They were like, fuck this guy, get him out of here. Right. So he fucking he buried himself over in fucking uh in Paris in that in that was that called Chante Les What is it called? Anyway, that, that place. Yeah. That's fucked. And uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's amazing who's in there.
0: Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, no, that's a goal—a goal to go there one day. I've—I um—I don't really get to travel too too much because I I'm a teacher, and I read that you are too. Um, I, I can, am.
1: Yes. I mean, plus you can't really travel now, right? You know, right? Well,
0: yeah. But aside from that, you know, like trying to trying to write off the excuse of booking some weird shitty shows to go somewhere, like that worked, now I can go, but like, uh, aside from that, I had weekends, right, now that everything's mm. shut the fuck down, but, um, what? what's your, uh, what do you teach?
1: I teach music nice. at an elementary school.
0: Nice, same, same. I teach pre-K, really? to, yeah, pre-K to senior high, adapted uh, lessons for kids with autism. Oh, it's great, man. Yeah, no, it's super rad because I get to like, to make like uh, uh, rudiments like fun in
1: weird ways. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Oh man, I could totally see the fun in that. That's cool.
0: Was it what? So what's it, like you, know, you said pre-K, right?
1: No, 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 elementary. Elementary. So okay. I'm just above that. Yeah.
0: Okay. So sweet. So well, then you get to do like fun shit. You gonna be, like, <laughs> how's that? Been, well, like?
1: yeah, I get to. You know, because I, I wouldn't be able to. Me as a teacher, I wouldn't be able to i'm glad i'm in the in the area that i'm in because after after about fifth grade kids get a little too self-conscious to kind of a
0: hundred you know, percent
1: let themselves loose you know yeah. What I mean? uh, yeah so you know even to fucking sing they're like oh man i look like a nerd or right. something like that so i'm just like oh, poor dude yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, the
1: middle school years they're so my kid will, like, yeah, whatever. I... I don't and i don't want to fucking egg i don't want to like add to their Angst, right you know right I mean? so, right right.
0: no I, I totally get it when i walk into my class like oh fuck dave's here i'm like yep <laughs> you know it's
1: crazy man like <laughs> what what came into my school and he uh no shit he played he played for my class
0: yeah that's yeah, rad and
1: my kids i only a handful of them knew who he was because of their parents right because right. my i teach at an international school so oh, it's okay. not just chinese kids so uh one of one of the parents to my kids uh, one of these two kids happened to be twins, had the same dad obviously. Yeah. Um he grew up in Kentucky in the mid eight in the early eighties and he knew all about Watt. And he was like, Oh my God, he's telling these kids, he's instructing them, okay, you gotta like pay attention to this guy. <laughs> and when Watt finally got in there to do Watt did a in a a solo bass performance.
0: That's and I've sick. never
1: seen him yeah. that nervous. He God. was so fucking nervous to play for these kids.
0: What? That, it's
1: and he did such a fantastic job he did it was beautiful it was one of the it was one of the best things that I ever seen from cool. uh from him
0: it's interesting like it's kind of nerve-wracking playing for kids like i I've had those jitters yeah. before like oh we're gonna do if you're happy and you know it but I don't care
1: like but he was playing he was playing like dose songs you know what I right? mean like he was playing oh. he's playing he had to perform for them because I, I you know the kids knew who he was before he came into the room because I set him up. I, I right, uh, right, introduced. Okay, kids, guess uh, this guy's name's Mike Watt, and this is who he is. That's
0: so. that's correct. So he did Uno songs and like um, that's, but it's weird. It's kids hear things, and they're like, they're like that was really bad. Like he, they hold no bars. You know what I mean? Like no, no, they, they knew you know. what they
1: were watching, but, even um, though they didn't really understand. But they knew. And yeah. they were very respectful, and it was it was fantastic.
0: That's amazing. Was it a, with my kiddos, we did a a project with Joe Lally from Fugazi.
2: Oh man, that's awesome.
0: Right. It was super sick. Um, Joe was one of the nicest guys too. Like I pitched this thing to him and like they made beats and picked out scale degrees and Joe made a baseline with their scale to be degree choices on the beats they made. And like some of the beats are so whack and then there's no like one, but they made it and they were super stoked about it. And, then Joe oh, that's sent, so cool. sent videos back of him trying to play over their beats and him very successfully making some sick basslines.
1: Um, that's excellent. I love that. That's rad. super cool. It's nice. I'm as cool. glad to hear that he was down with it. That's cool.
0: Oh yeah, Joe is super cool. It's but that's that's rad as fuck to get Watt to come into your class. That's so cool.
1: Right? Because <laughs> I didn't meet anybody in my school, man. When I was a kid, I didn't meet shit. Same. <laughs> So I mean I can't even imagine if I if like if I was like in fifth grade and then eventually got into punk rock and then eventually finally f- saw this name Mike Watt I'd be like holy shit right but how I ma- know this guy
0: <laughs> how many years would, did that take like what, what I know right but like how many years did it take when did you get into music when was punk rock the the mode of expression like the kind of I think dive it would the probably be
1: about early high school for me yeah. It was early high school, late middle school, because it was, you know, I'm 37. So, I mean, back then it was there was no Internet. Right. So like uh, I had to and I'm from a real small town in Florida called the county Citrus County. But I grew up in uh, Inverness. And I mean, God, basically our knowledge of punk rock as a genre came from uh, uh, maximum rock and roll. The print version, you know what I mean, (laughs) or like the the extra special thanks on any Green Day or Offspring or fucking Nirvana record,
0: right? But that that that, those made those bits so important then, you know, yeah. Like I mean,
1: I mean, I I tell this to anybody. That's why that's why I prefer buying physical records, just because that's Mm -hmm. not even because of the music, maybe because of that warm glow you get from the fucking needle hitting the fucking vinyl. Yeah, whatever, but. The text that they put, the, the packaging, you know, these guys, yeah. they leave a lot of clues to who you're supposed – who you should listen to.
0: Right. You and, know what I mean? And even who they are. like,
1: And it, who they are and, and what made them what they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like they leave all these clues out there for you to discover. You just got to look for it. I agree. And I like looking for
0: it. Yeah. It's fun. It gives you something to do when you're listening to it and something more to yeah. analyze.
1: And I feel like I'm more, you know uh, – uh, I feel like I know the artists that I'm listening to a little more. Right. So it makes it brings me closer to the music. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's just me. No, I think you know.
0: it makes sense because you, one, you're getting it on two like uh, dimensions, right? You're getting it on like sonically and visually. You know, and that's like
1: like, like I can't even tell you how many artists I found because the special tank thanks section. I found literally probably at this point. Two hundred fifty, <laughs> like Fuck. specifically yeah. from that list. You know, what I mean? it is yeah. like the most benign, stupid list that they put at the end of the record. Oh, thanks a lot to you know Jello, and I'm like, who the fuck's Jello? And then I look it up, right?
0: Right. Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, do you know Jello? Have you guys played
1: with him before? We, we're acquaintance. Yeah, we, okay. we've met him before.
0: Because there's a, I found a, a picture of him wearing a, a Libyan Hit Squad T-shirt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he was. was he, that, we saw that was m- probably more because t- that was in the eighties, right? I think so. So yeah. that was probably more towards him with uh, tongue vulsion, That band with gotcha. their song Libyan Hit Squad.
0: Oh, uh, okay, okay. Is that what inspired? Like, the I got name? to
1: know him through Round Eye when he came out to a Round Eye gig.
0: No shit, that's cool. What was it like? In the San no Francisco? jello. That dude's a character.
1: <laughs> oh no! Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. It was. uh I mean, he definitely stopped what was going on in the room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when he entered. You know what I mean?
0: That's sick.
1: Nice. Yeah, it was cool. You got... it was great because uh, he bought a shirt and it was. He really enjoyed the show and he was really. He was a real sweet dude, man. Yeah, he is a real sweet dude.
0: Right. No, I love how like I don't know those get like him and Watt. They get that it's important to keep doing it and give back. Like with Watt's radio show and like with just his involvement with all these acts that are asking anything really of him and saying well like jello yeah like there's so many like they understand like they're like what they mean to people maybe like not in like that grandeur way but what it would mean to them and that's super super cool because like it keeps everything going
1: i agree and what i like about them those two are very prime examples of that is that it's it's you know, there's very few East Coast examples of what those guys are doing. I mean, maybe Ian McKay and those guys in right. DC, but like that West Coast thing, those guys were onto something very, very huge. It was SST and Alternative Tentacles. Uh I don't know if we'll see another thing like that again. It was just like kind of paving the way for everybody, you know.
0: I agree. No, I think I think there's a I think maybe there'll be a bunch of little attempts to do it, but it won't hit as hard as like is, no, is, no, no, for
1: sure, absolutely, yeah. for sure. I know, and it's happening to this day, right? Right. But with that movement, with that national huge movement that they right. had, it was—it's right. amazing. Yeah. No, it's God. absurd.
0: It's it, and I think it has it has everything to do with lack thereof, internet. You know what I mean? Like that when yeah. you got that, this is what it was. Like, oh shit, there's no yeah. way to like look up. Kind of had
1: it. to work for it back then. <laughs> right.
0: Right. But it also meant more because you had to find it.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Because like, once you found it, you you on you know, as soon as you found it. All of those years of looking kind of like flashed before your eyes, and you're like, okay, well now I'm here, and then it really made things worth it.
0: Yeah, no, and and it's 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 I don't know, it's it's, it's a whole different experience, and like it, it, and it, I find myself like uh because of the growing up before the internet and finding music without it, I've, or or uh, or uh, whatever, if it was comics or whatever thing I had a remote interest in. I don't just look for a title. I have to go to a physical place and like dig through the crate. You know, what yeah, I mean, man. like,
1: I mean, everybody. It's it's like it's like a scavenger hunt. Everyone likes that, right? Right. The finding of the. It's thing. All, it's it's not it's not the end result that you're really most proud of. It's the journey. You know, what I mean? it's it's like yeah. so fun.
0: Yeah, I and mean, kind of bounce bounce out of it. But with a uh, with the new record, culture shock treatment. That first song, like you get you guys get into the. I would say the chorus of it, and that's got a real Dead Kennedys vibe to it. Yeah, sure. Like, well, you know, (laughs) you're hitting, you're hitting the like the diminished thing. You're getting some crunch to it, and there's some like rad like um, um, uh, what were they? What's that sound? I'm thinking of like the theremin-esque sound in the background. It's fucking sick.
1: It's like a probably keyboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that track, the kind of bounce from, from looking for records to your newest record, like, that track hits hard. Like, and it's such an, it has, like, this sick, like, 50s vibe, but it jumps into all these different, like, like, amazing elements of punk put together in a unique way.
1: Um, I mean, we, we chose that to be the first one just because we thought it would encapsulate what, because we don't play standard, you know, just one type of punk rock, you know what I mean? Right. And also and it also has the message of, you know, where we're coming from, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> which had to, like... So to kind of jump into the move to Shanghai and starting this band, which was... Uh, ascent, Round Eye was essentially a split, if, I, if I'm if really i yeah. recalling correctly. Like, it was supposed to... It was uh, your one friend there. Was it Jimmy Jack? Yeah. Oh, okay. The
1: drummer. So, uh... He... Well, we were just trying to finish the record that Libyan started. Oh, okay. So Libyan Libyan began a record, and we had Greg in on one of the tracks, and we are like, well, this is kind of a shame to let that shit go to waste, right? right? So, And that band just disintegrated, and I was like, well, I might as well try to finish it, and then at least I can bookend that yeah. band with this release. And then when we finished the bookending, quote-unquote, I, was, I realized that I really liked playing with these guys and decided just to keep going. And it was a different enough sound that it wouldn't feel like it was a continuation of Libyan.
0: Gotcha. And you know
1: what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah. And with a whole new environment, right? And a whole new, like... And with China, right. Right. And with a whole new, like, well, these are the guys. I can't imagine it'd be hard to... Or I can't imagine it'd be easy to find, like, a whole new uh, band. <laughs> like, that. Uh,
1: I don't know. It was, uh, you know, at that time, it was surprisingly very easy. But it was... yeah. It was. I think it was just kind of serend. It was just, it just Work. happened to be that way. Nice.
0: Now that's some. Sometimes just you just lucky. know who it is. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, diving into the Shanghai scene and like playing in China, how big of like was it easy? Like because I like w- looking at some of the, the the noted punk bands from China like uh, SM uh, ZB like ZB ha- yeah ZB right. That's yeah. what I said. I said, I don't know.
1: I'm, but, um... No, no, I was just finishing. Yeah, SMZB. Okay. <laughs> and, uh... Sometimes, yeah, there's, like, PK-14, Cars Cars.
0: Right. But, like, um, SMZB was, has, like, this this vibe of, like, a... Um, this almost, like, Celtic vibe. Almost like, a, like, they got bagpipes and shit. And, like, yeah. you guys are coming in there with this cool, like, 50s vibe. Like, was it hard to, like... Because the, the SMZB is a huge deal as far as the punk scene in China. And you guys like you played with them and shit, but like, how was it getting into that? Was it easy?
1: Well, um, there's a lot of things to consider uh, in terms of just getting into it. In terms of just meeting these guys and getting involved, as soon as you take yourself seriously and be, you know, and you know, you're booking your own shows and you're doing it the right way, and you know, you're touring and playing, they'll they'll come they'll come to you and they'll they'll take notes so we met smzb by opening up for them because they heard about us you know what i mean gotcha um so it was a quick and fast friendship with them and as soon as they see that you know you're a serious you're not fucking around everything was cool uh in terms of in terms of the bureaucracy and politics of playing in the chinese scene that is extremely difficult and it to this day is extremely difficult and the laws change all the time For a foreigner to play in China is no easy thing. It's like you have to go, for instance, uh, where are you from again? You're from Ohio, right? Yeah, Cleveland. Okay, so in Cleveland. If I were going to play, if I were, say Cleveland, say my situation in Cleveland were the same, if I were going to go play in Now That's Class, I would have to find $1,000 just to fucking pay for the fucking foreigner permit to get my ass into that bar and not arrested. And then I would have to have a 70% tax cut of whatever we made from that fucking night. And then we have to have an agent from the Ministry of Culture there to kind of monitor things. <laughs> fuck. Yeah, it's the, a bitch. It's yeah. a fucking bitch. Damn. And, and so that's why a lot of the a lot of the tours and a lot of the bands, foreign bands, mm-hmm. they just do it. They just say fuck all that and just do it under the radar.
0: Right. But how, do, how, do, so, how does that happen?
1: Well, you just don't report it. You just uh, don't put it online. So that means you're not going to – you can't put your – you can't use any sort of social platform to sell, sell your tickets. Right. That means you can't you can't advertise your show on a social platform in Chinese media like uh, you know, Yo Yan Chu or anything like that. You can't do all of these things that the normal local bands do to get people into their into their shows. So you gotta take a different route.
0: Right. What is it? Is that like is that like DIY paper passing? Oh, like... it's
1: DIY. It's old school. It's that's what you that's so know, sick. You know? Yeah. It's, it's so a... it's it's but it makes things extremely hard. Oh, right. And there's always that possibility that somebody will come and see what you're doing and report it to the ministry and then you're done. Right. Or you get a 20000 quiet bill and that's about $5,000. <laughs> yeah, but
0: st- still, that's a shit ton of money, especially... If I, the, Hell the yeah, front, it sucks. The front, the one, did that ever happen to you guys?
1: No, but it's happened to a lot of other friends of ours. Yeah? We got lucky. <sighs> and I think... I, I don't think we got... We we just happen to have you know, when we first moved here it was I mean it was ten years ago, right? So it was like there was something called Guangxi, which means your relationship with the uh, with people. And so you have good Guangxi or you have bad Guangxi. And if you have good Guangxi, that means the right palms are getting greased. That means the right the right local sheriff or right police person or whoever's supposed to be looking at that club at that particular time is turning a blind eye. And so you know that came into play a lot of times. Nowadays, with Xi Jinping, it's gotten a lot harder. So we have to kind of go by the books.
0: Fine. Well, I guess I guess that gave you enough time to develop up to that, right? Because you had that kind of.
1: Good, I guess, good but look. the thing is, the laws change every year. Oh, okay. So it's like it, it's always changing. Damn. And we don't find out until it's too late. We're like, oh, well, but we did this, and then they say, no, but you had to do this. <laughs> ah, that's right? You know I mean? it's a yeah. bitch. It's a real bitch.
0: Because, like, even just even in here to book a show, right? There's so much you got to do. It's hard, but it's not that level of hard where you're fronting. Like, yeah, the, 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 I'm trying to think of a thousand dollar front for any show in in the states. What 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 would that be? And that would probably
1: be the. To, to rent the venue for a week, you know what I mean? Or <laughs> well, in the states, see in the states they have similar laws. To be honest with you, they actually kind of they kind of work on the same platform that the Chinese do. You do if you were a foreign band playing in America, you do have to get that permit. You have uh-huh. to do that. However, in the states, you could play at someone's bathroom, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> you know, you, yeah. you could do a fucking house show and no one gives a fuck. You know, and so that's that's the big difference. They do have the same laws, and they do have the same penalties for those laws. But in the States, they kind of turn a blind eye to it more often than here.
0: Damn. All right. That's 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 wild. Yeah. Like, so how long did it take you guys to kind of get... I mean, if it's always changing, you're never fully comfortable. But to the point... I mean,
1: dude, I mean, we just went on tour two weeks ago, and we were playing three illegal shows on that tour. Fuck. We We had only a few of those shows that were actually registered Did they, and at, for sure they could have come down on us and brought the hammer down on us, but they didn't. And we always, we always do that. We always throw the dice.
0: Oh, fuck. fuck. That's so crazy. Yeah.
1: It's fucking shitty.
0: <laughs> like, cause, okay. There's one way of like looking, Oh cool punk rock. But when it's like, no, this is what we need to do. To get that's, home.
1: That's a foreigner case, right? Right. You know what I mean? That's, that's specifically to foreigners. If you were, if when it comes to the local crowd and local bands, they don't have to go through all that crap.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. They don't have to do that. So, but I imagine, like, uh, so in in that case, does that kind of like, is that kind of like, le- uh, le- lead itself to what type of risk as a foreign band you're willing to take? So, like. Because um, I know with this album in particular, it's a little more home fronted. On your case, uh, um, criticism compared to the other two records, um, is it is that kind of like a gamble you'll take? There is like going for doing a show that may not have all the things covered or saying a thing like that, like making a. a with the last
1: record, with with culture shock treatment, we knew what we were getting into, and we knew what was going to happen, and we knew what could happen. Right. But we, we had to do. I mean, it's just like it'd be so disingenuous to be a punk band in China and not address Xi Jinping. I mean, come right. on, you know. What I mean? so, you know, I, we can talk about Trump all day long, but you know, Xi Jinping just, especially these days, he has just as much influence, if not more, than Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah. That motherfucker's controlling the world in a lot of ways, and so we we felt we had to do it, in regardless of the consequences, so it was just a gamble fuck like because i I I mean it's that's what it is
0: yeah no that's it's intense and like the the the, because the clamp down from something like that i imagine it'd be way more drastic than like an illegal show maybe
1: i mean had they i mean it could they could probably just deport you (laughs) i mean pretty much yeah that's pretty much the extent of what could happen it just will just be uh you know round eye in italy or something <laughs>
0: <laughs> have you guys done
1: that but have we you? had to do it, it had, yeah. I, I mean as long as as long as it's there we weren't really intentionally we weren't really hoping i remember when it first came out uh we didn't want it to go on social media in china because social media in china and social media in america are very different things right in, not in america in the west yeah and we were trying to avoid it right we were trying to avoid posting on fucking uh on in the Chinese platforms, but it made it there anyway. Uh, you know.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that speaks for itself because the album fucking kicks ass, and like the fact that it got there by itself or by word of mouth is, I guess, how you want it to get there.
1: You know, I mean, I guess I'd so. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm happy it's there, but I'm also like, okay, well, when's the other shoe gonna drop? <laughs> right. Right.
0: Was it? And so Watt produced it. How did you guys go and record with Watt? Or did it, was yeah. it just, yeah?
1: So, no, no, it wasn't like a phone and thing. We uh, okay. we went to Pedro. No, okay, sick.
0: So, what? man, I can't imagine Watt in the studio. What was that like? Yeah.
1: Like. It was great. Yeah? Watt, um, what's great about that was uh, Watt was experimenting as well. He was kind of trying something new because him and Pizzo, Pizzo is uh, the organist, I think, that works with him and the second men.
0: Right and was on the second and
1: rock opera Pizzo, it was at his house yeah right and pizzo was constructing a this studio him and it's called casa hanzo and uh the, we were kind of the guinea pigs for the studio Sick. to get it going
0: yeah
1: i think we were the second band to ever record there and so they were kind of working out the kinks as well you know and uh and, you know, and Watt just, you know, Watt told us before all this crap happened, he goes, listen, if I'm going to produce this, you guys got to be kind of, you know, let go of the reins a little, you know, at all, you know, just completely and let me take over, oh, shit. <laughs> which is, fu- which is kind of weird for a lot of people. But for us, we were just so stoked to be working with him that he was just like, well, fuck it, dude, whatever. Yeah, let's do it. Well, was
0: so like, wow, like. How? What did Watt? What? What's some like Watt isms in that setting? Because like, I I did a, pot, a t- talk with Watt for like four hours, right? I did it f- like Watt. Yeah, can I believe go. it was that long too. Right? <laughs> Watt can go and like every mm-hmm. every like you're taking notes because like he talks. Well, kind for of, sure. Because like,
1: I mean, he's done everything, right?
0: Right. Well, and just like everything he says is like a bit of like. A well, like, he, he, he kind of talks like a Minutemen song, like this well-packed bit of information yeah, coming actually, at you yeah, rapidly. True. And, like... For sure. Which is yeah, the exact conversation I was hoping to have with him. But, like, my mind was fried at the end of that. I'm like, I've, I got so many weird perspectives now. So, like, I can't imagine... Yeah, running... he can
1: definitely spiel.
0: Right, he can definitely spiel. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, in that recording setting, like, where are some, like spiel takeaways like what's some like
1: spielism Um, you know we were so focused at that time that we were really 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 concentrating on what we were doing that we really like we knew he knew what he was doing we knew that we could trust him so we just went in there I mean we were like practicing at least oh my god we were practicing so much before that came up and as soon as we went in there, we were just a machine. And and uh, if he had a suggestion, we would just kind of switch gears. And it was the conversations we would have would be after playback and after when we were not doing anything with music. When we were buying a fucking sandwich from uh, that that bees that whatever that place is down the street that deli, and uh, then he would tell us all of his crazy fucking stories about everything in the world and every famous musician you could possibly think of <laughs> and what was what was especially nice with why what always is very nice with why in our case is that our first sax player was Steve McKay and uh, yeah. who was I don't know if your yes. listeners know but he was the sax player for funhouse of Stooges yeah and so we would talk kind of pretty intimately about that and about the Stooges life and about how you know, how about how Steve mentioned to him about us and all this other stuff. And it was, it felt very intimate. It was cool. It was like almost, when I see Watt now, I don't see Watt anymore. I see just Uncle Watt, you know? Right. So it's like, it was, it was our, it was a very, very fortunate gift that we had
2: this Steve McKay
0: history. That's amazing. Like to, to go past that, like, uh, when you admire somebody to the level of, not just a person like not seeing okay it's the grave here's the person this is this right. is what happens when just, people die this we all, is the guy know,
1: right this yeah
0: is, oh no this is like this is like how you said like this is like a, a level of a friendship almost equivalent to a family member and that's for sure how did steve come into your life how would you guys meet steve and get him in your band cuz that's
1: epic like well i met steve just as a fan he's yeah. just, just a simple fan just as uh i had no band i had i was just in china it was my first year and i was steve mckay was a, a promotion group here called split works was bringing steve mckay with his group his experimental noise group called sakara and uh they were coming to shanghai to play to play a show and i knew who steve mckay was right. and at the time shanghai's uh, music scene wasn't so developed as much, so I was very, very in- interested in what I was seeing because just because I know him, I know the name and I know the Stooges. So I emailed him and I just said, "Hey man, thank you so much for coming to fucking Shanghai. I'm a big fan and blah blah blah." And then all of a sudden, Scott from Sakara, the lead person of that of this ensemble, he messages me back and goes, "Hey man, uh, thanks for the email. Uh, you want to have dinner with us?" What?
0: <laughs> That's crazy. And I was
1: like, "Well, no shit, of so, course." And, uh, and so I had dinner with Steve. I showed him around the French Concession. I actually lived two blocks from where we first had dinner. And uh, and we just got to talking. And he was like, "Look, we need a bass player for Xi'an. Uh, do you want to play?" And I was like, "Yes." And I had to work that day, but I fucking said fucking called off. <laughs> and I was uh, and I went and played my first live show in China in Xi'an with Steve McCain's uh, Sicara.
0: That's insane.
1: That's so in And the rest sick. is history. And then after right. that, we just had a relationship. And so I was like, I'm starting a band. Would you mind uh, playing sax for it? And he was like, of course. So, so every time we played in San Francisco, he was always there, whether it was at the Knockout Lounge or whatever. Like, he was always there.
0: Wow. That's it. That's it. Because yeah. that, that is fun house. This Like, his sax on that oh, record for sure. is so yeah, much Yeah, yeah. So,
1: I mean, if, I guess the moral of the story is don't, don't – you know, don't be afraid to approach your heroes like that. You never know what that was going to happen with that.
0: Right. It's weird because there's like this, uh this this notion that you don't don't meet your heroes. You're going to be disappointed, and that's such a negative notion.
1: You know what I mean? It is like, a negative notion, but I could see where that comes from because I could see because I've had personal examples where it's kind of lame. You know, it's kind of sucks where they turn out to be kind of disappointing. However, I've had the higher percentage of greater times with that.
0: Right, and the only way to know is to 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 do it is to just ask. Just to do
1: it, just do it, you and right? it,
0: yeah, and it, except that it doesn't ruin their art if you hit them up on a bad day, <laughs> or if they don't get back no. to your emails, like, like.
1: And dude, and plus, I mean, look what happened. I had no band, and then Steve McKay and I had dinner, and I have a band. <laughs> Amazing, right? Right, it, fucking so the math.
0: What was his like mindset like working with him? Because like you're coming from a guy who like. From Funhouse, like, and if you – have you ever heard, like, that full Funhouse, like, session? Uh, yeah, the box
1: set. Right. Yeah. Did you ever listen to that? Um, yeah, it's, yeah it's, I've heard it. Uh, it's, it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it's a lot to take S- in.
1: Steve, Steve was a very unique soul, man. Like, Steve, we were fortunate to work with him, but he worked with a lot of people. Like, when Steve was here, Steve actually already had – a friend I was here his name was jeff and he owned a bar here called a pretty popular blues bar called beaties and um jeff is an old school cat from san francisco he was a former hippie and he knew steve actually those guys knew each other yeah. so we went over there and steve did a you know a, an impromptu jam with our sax player and uh i was i was there you know getting wasted with him and i was watching this happen and i was like god you know, it's just amazing. This guy, he hasn't, I'm sure he hadn't seen Jeff in several decades, and all of a sudden he's hanging out with him, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And, just able and to- Jeff has a weird connection to the residents and stuff like that, so it's like, yeah, yeah. That's
0: It's, <laughs> it's wow. It, like, it's interesting with, like, I, have you dove into, like, uh, um, traditional music from China? Sure. Like. Like what? like i just like just like i i cuz i've i've tried to learn a little bit of it just like i i personally like to see different cultures and like see what tonalities they pick and like you can the, the, the pentatonic things a thing right and like there's like a, a, from what i understood from this uh, intro kind of book there's like these elements to all these five notes right and like and its oh, where i can't remember all the all the bits to it but it's interesting that it's it's almost essentially like the the blues scale, right? The pentatonic bit. I think they use the major pentatonic, um, at least in the traditional stuff. And yeah. It, to to like be able to like just jump in, like th- th- has that fallen into that? Like I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I'm just more. Interested- has
1: that fallen into like how Round Eye makes music?
0: Or yeah, round eye, or even just watching Steve interact with someone who has more of a traditional like, or like no, because when Steve okay.
1: when Steve went in when Steve was doing his thing when I saw him when yeah. he was doing Sakara, Is, he was doing it was straight up experimental noise project. Okay, okay, they had it. It didn't have any sort of Eastern influence at all. Gotcha. Uh, when we did it, when we were doing our thing, we were more towards we didn't we didn't fuck around with like. Uh, Eastern, Eastern core progressions or anything like that. We okay. didn't really want to because we didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't really feel comfortable with that. Right. And I felt, it felt like round a making music like that would have been a little disingenuous, no, but that, I mean, I'm surrounded by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, that, no, And no. actually, to be honest with you, most of the acts in China don't really use that scale anyway.
0: Got Okay. Interesting. So that's, that's just tradition and it stays where it is.
1: Type. It's just tradition. It's right. just like, you know, it's just like, uh, It's old school. Most of them, them, I mean, there's a huge hip-hop scene here. They're not using that shit.
0: Oh, sick.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: but I mean, I guess that goes to show you, like, um, you can't learn it from the book. You got to be there. You got to be be in it.
1: You got to be there. I wish they would use that scale progression. I think that would would help them identify more of their own unique kind of uh, uh, voice in this whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, for the most part, no, I haven't seen it. Like there are some bands that use it, like R. Schumake Second Secondhand Rose. They do use that 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 chord progression you're talking about, Secondhand Rose, and uh, but not it's not a common thing.
0: Okay, I mean, I guess you know, no one in America is like, yo, check out this classical lick or the uh, Aaron Cop- Copeland style thing. You know, there's so much.
1: I mean, they kind of are. I mean, most of most of like blues. You're you know, right. We all do, like Incoming. canon, canon scales and all that stuff. I mean you can hear all of those guys in all of our in all of our roots right if you will especially with the blues
0: yeah 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 it's it's just that and that's pretty much everything to some degree it's i, I don't know i I find that interesting and in like learning how different music systems kind of get their essence of tonality and trying to wrap sure it's interesting around it. It. like
1: indian and arabic i mean it's right. like it's crazy
0: um so with the with the self titled album that Steve was like on almost every track of Round Eye, mm-hmm. like I, I'm trying to grasp the concept of that record, and like it's like it goes through all these movements and then hits a song and then goes back to like a center tone, where that like free <laughs> jazz comes, you know, like at least really uh, blossoms, and then it it kind of goes through a movement like that again. Um, it, what's the narrative? What am I missing? <laughs>
1: You know that uh, every time I think of that album, that was uh, for me personally, that was a perfect represent- representation of what Shanghai was at that time. Yeah, I mean it was a complete wild west. It was there was no rules. It was everything was gray area, and everything was extremely dirty, and just the the free form of it all it was just so fucking fantastic. I, I really loved that time. That was my favorite time in Shanghai. And when we tried to apply that to music, uh, it really helped that. We had people that were willing to think outside of the box and go crazy with noise, such as Scott from Sakara, Steve, R. Stevie Moore. you know they were just really ready to play with it. And we haven't really we haven't really done anything as abstract as that first album since then. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, with a person A lot like of that. drugs,
1: man, and a lot of bad <laughs> drugs, too. You know what I mean? I mean, really <laughs> shitty drugs. Yeah. <laughs> like, the worst quality cocaine you could probably uh, absolutely think of. It was fucked up.
0: Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, maybe I'm starting to understand a little bit more of it.
1: <laughs> it was insane. It was fucking crazy.
0: But I, yeah, it's hard to—I can't imagine, like, going to—from, like, a record like that, going to perform it and going to continue from that because it's— from how you're describing it, it was such like a loose cannon time in, in your experience there. And that sounds like a good repreta- a representation of it. Like to, to move on from like vastness, I guess you have to get more concise. So it makes sense why the next few records got a little less, uh, spacious, spacious.
1: Well, Ugh. the next records got a little more focused, I guess would right. be the word. Would be probably because Livio joined our bass player. Okay, so and well. Livio kind of brought a whole. Livio's very a little rigid sometimes with his with his, uh, not rigid. I, I would say I would say more. You know, he's just a little more controlled. <laughs> he's willing to you know pull me in whenever I'm going to absolute fucking crazyville. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And which, but music, music-wise, musicality-wise, it forces me to focus on on technique, which is great. And uh, it's been a wonderful addition. It's been awesome.
0: Do you, uh, as far as like technique, like I, I don't know, my bass player is the same way. Like I play in a band called C Level and like letter C dash, it spells out Cleveland. I've done the bit. But like um, I I throw all these weird tunings and shit and I'll get caught up in trying to make this thing
1: work and he'll be like, dude, it's got to be this. You
0: know what I mean? Like it, it's such a, a blessing to have someone kind of be that like.
1: Right, dude. I mean, because look, Captain Beefheart would have been a complete mess without his band. You know what right, I mean? Like right. he needs you need you kind of need some sort of a lens on there. So it it's it does help, and it's and and it's been. It What's really great about that is I've been able to like. Um, okay, so that's how Livio is, and, and this is how I am, and we've been able to kind of feed off of each other with that, and the musical relationship has been a real blessing ever since then.
0: That's that's and that's the point, right? That's the point of the, the band is to have everyone yeah, come together, for sure. share your share to your vision of whatever idea is spewed out.
1: That's for sure, sick. but with the with the with the experimentation of the first album, I mean that was that was just a, a heavy romance with that. I mean, it, it's if you wanted to hear what China was like at that time, I mean that was goddamn was a gnarly ass time. <laughs> you guys, and that was before Xi Jinping. Jesus Christ.
0: Yeah. Did you guys ever play D twenty two, or or Vox or any of those? I went to
1: D twenty two. We played Vox many times. Yeah, we played Vox. The last time we played Vox was with SMZB and the Dickies. Actually, sick, nice. That was a good show. D twenty two was a year, the year that I arrived, and I went and I saw a couple shows there. And uh, that was like the last heavy movement of Beijing. That was like the last big one. That was like the whole scene of Hedgehog and Carsick Cars, and, Cars right. and Part PK14 and you know a lot of those guys.
0: The PK14, those guys rock too. The,
1: I, I get. Yeah, like, they're great. They're a really good. Band. Uh Yang Hai Song, he's the one. He produced half of Monster Vision.
0: No shit. Okay. With Steve, he was he was yeah. actually
1: the last guy to see Steve, the last producer to see Steve alive. Fuck.
0: Uh, so, like with those two gigs, right, with a, a D22 gig or a Vox gig, is that one you would have to get a permit for or is that an underground gig?
1: Anything. Anything. anything? If you're, if I'm playing in your room, Fuck. if you lived in Shanghai, and yeah. I'm, I'm playing in your fucking bathroom, I need a permit for that shit. That's right. <laughs> That's so fried. It's fucked, dude. It's fucked. Damn.
0: But because I know those are
1: like, th- those are the notes. So, if we could be playing Mercedes Benz Arena. You know what I mean? Yeah. I fucking where Elton John was playing, or we could play be playing in my bathroom. Oh, I need God. a permit. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, like, you guys did the, the whole, like, underground tour with the boys from the U.K. Yeah. And the, I, I yeah. tried to find the, – the, apparently there's a, a sick article about it that doesn't exist anymore.
1: But, like, that was – Oh, a... there was uh, – Razorcake did one. Razorcake? Razor Razorcake published the diary of our saxophone player. Oh, okay, okay. Pete I Jackson. To, I have to dive into it, that. There, it's called What I Learned – Getting the Boys Banned in China. That's what the title was.
0: Noted. Because, like, apparently there was a vice thing, and, like, I couldn't find that. But, like...
1: That was Chinese vice, so I'm not uh, sure what the hell happened with that, because I heard that, that kind sense. of disappeared. Yeah. But that, that wouldn't sense. surprise me, of course. So... Of course that would disappear.
0: The whole, like, underground tour like that, where it's nothing but fear that this whole thing's going to get shut down?
1: Like Yeah. Because we... Uh, at that point, I had already had the meeting with, uh with the ministry of culture yeah they already told me the consequences they already put me aside and said uh, you know this is what's going to happen if you if you continue and not only to us the thing with the problem was is that the consequence would have affected the bars we were playing at mm. so the place where these guys were these businesses would have failed would have been under you know they would have been arrested that fuck yeah and, yeah. and so It was very heavy. I mean, it was because that's not the police. That's the it's like the FBI of China.
0: Yeah. What what,
1: what's a meeting like that? Like, (laughs) aside from intense, it sucks, man, because they don't talk about shit until about uh, 30 minutes until you're done. So it's like three hours of them just talking about bullshit. Mm. Like, I remember I remember when we were there, our guitar player at the time, his name was Gil B. Yeah and his chinese is fantastic my chinese is like it's nowhere near his his chinese is like really really good so they were just talking about tea they were just talking about tea for two hours Fuck. what kind of tea you like where's the best tea in china what kind of tea that guy likes uh so on and so on and so on and he had a manila envelope in front of him and, and while they were talking about tea he would open the envelope and leaf through the pages And the pages were Xerox copies of uh, this contraband flyer, our passports, pictures of our social media posts, you know, knowing that we were looking at this talking about tea. Yeah. (laughs) It was weird. It was like uh, psychological bullshit. And then at the very end of the meeting, he was like, "Okay, well, look, you guys can't play and you're not going to play. And if you do play, this is what's going to happen.
0: Yeah, it's shitty. Yeah, that's a whole psychological trip to try to maybe like what what can you tell by someone who drinks what tea they drink? I bet there's some like narrative. It had that. nothing to do
1: with tea. It oh. had nothing to do with tea. They were just kind of chit chatting. Okay, they're they're just... kind of they're trying to disarm you.
0: Mm, so you loosen up.
1: In oh. fact, that happens so often that it, when you go, when people go, it's commonly known as having tea with the ministry. If you go and talk to those guys, fuck. Yeah, it's, it happens a lot. That sounds terrifying. It was not fun. <laughs>
0: the, with like the bunker gigs that ended up
1: happening, like, um, were they? I mean, in we pe- we basically thought we were done. I yeah. thought, me personally, I thought I was getting deported. I thought it was it was over. So I was like, okay, well, might as well do something. And the boys are here. I mean, the boys were actually there in front of me. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'm not gonna. I, I, we had to do something. Right. We had to do something. Otherwise, we were just going to stick around in Shanghai and just, you know, stare at me <laughs> the and- whole time. You know what I mean? So I was like, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's fucking do this. And so we just decided to just book these underground shows, told everyone, look, leave your fucking phones outside of the uh, of the gig. We'll take care of them. And just enjoy the show. And so, at, you know, like 100 people at a time. It was packed each time.
0: Sick. And they were in venue venues,
1: right? Or were they like... No, 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 no. Like tiny, tiny bomb shelter practice spaces. Sick. China has a shitload of bomb shelters because of the Japanese invasions, right? Yeah. And a lot of those bomb shelters were turned into practice spaces. And rehearsal halls and concert halls. Oh. So, And even like discotheques and clubs and shit. Yeah. Uh, one of these practice spaces is where the boys decided to, where we would have their show.
0: That's awesome. Like... I, I the, to find like those hole in the wall venues and art galleries and like rehearsal spaces that are underneath a lumber yard or whatever the fuck are always like the coolest spaces you're like oh, I'd be sick to have a show here but no one's gonna go underneath through the woods into the lumber yard unless it's something like that That's no, sick.
1: they will if that's the only choice
0: right 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 wow and it, uh, that's just that's the most punk rock badass way to handle it even though with, with all those like Horrible like consequences. I'm so stoked. I, that-
1: I'm glad it happened that way, but it was terrifying when it was going down.
0: Yeah, I bet now, now <laughs> it it's was way cooler.
1: Really scary. Yeah, now uh, it's nice. <laughs>
0: uh, I even imagine, like, the yeah, then how many shows was it?
1: Oh, uh, God, I think it was four. Four. Originally, the whole tour was Agwe. Yeah, how many shows was the boys' tour? You
2: mean. Uh, it was supposed to be like five, yeah. six, but uh got
1: canceled, so only two, Beijing and Shanghai. Yeah, Beijing and Shanghai. Okay, so there's like two shows in each city. So okay. it was four shows in total. Gotcha. Damn, that's terrifying.
0: But I, I and even I imagine after those four shows, or so, was it two a day or was it four days? It was four days. So yeah, after that fucking week, for the next month had to be like... Terrifying.
1: Oh yeah, man. I thought I, I wasn't calm until they were off Chinese soil. When they were gone, I was yeah. like, okay, well, fine. Uh, fuck. And what was but, it? The, you know, how did those guys take it? Were like, yeah, let's do this? They, they were, were fucking fine, man. They yeah. were like, uh, the boys. The boys are kind of used to this kind of shit. Like yeah. those guys have been. They actually said when when I told them the news, they were like, well, it's kind of like the boys' curse. I guess I guess they're used to this kind of thing happening to them. I mean, even in the '70s, when Elvis died and their distribution was disrupted, because they were on RCA Records. Yeah. And when Elvis died, RCA dropped them because they wanted to publish more of Elvis's back catalog to cash in on his death. And so they lost their deal and they lost all that. I mean, it's yeah. (laughs) They took it very well, surprisingly. And I think they took it even better because they actually played in China. Right. I think they would have been. It would have been a much very different story had they not played it, if they were just stuck here
0: have you uh have you guys played with them out in the UK or because like I yeah, feel like yeah. you I you guys one time
1: we, round Eye played in London and John John plane came up and played uh first time with us and one time we played in Berlin and Dangerfield came out and saw us in Berlin yeah so we got a great relationship with them <laughs> we were supposed to play with them in rebellion festival this last year but you know covid but right I still keep in touch with them. All of them casino, you know,
0: Because, nice. like I feel like it, to, to to pull those shows off, it's a lot on your end there that's uh, <laughs> you know oh,
1: no we became honestly with almost all of the people that we've brought here, we've became very good friends with them afterwards, like close family kind of things, you know yeah, so it's 'cause they they understand how kind of gnarly you know it right. is to to do this and well, so it's it's been fantastic I, I i can't uh it's amazing
0: and you're showing them around you're you're the person they know now and that's something yeah. no one else in the world can show them you know that's a, a super unique experience yeah and i'm proud of it it's great <laughs> that's so sick um with a uh, oh man the north korea bit like not too many bands can be not too many people can get into north korea How'd you guys pull that That was one sort off?
1: of an accident. Yeah? That was, uh, huh? a <laughs> North Korea, we went to, we were going there just as tourists at first. We were just, me and the drummer were just kind of going. Because apparently, it's very easy for Chinese people to go to North Korea. I mean, back then, oh, it was very okay, easy to okay. just be a tourist to go over there. As an American, especially at that time, it was very difficult. And we, they confiscate your passport. They give you a new North Korean uh, substitute passport. And, uh, while we were there, cause we were there, it was me, Jimmy Jack, Bob, our old bass player from the first EP and, uh, and a friend of Jimmy Jack's and we were there hanging out and we were filming and then, and then they told us to delete pictures, take pictures, delete pictures, whatever. Yeah. We can take a picture here. Can't take a picture here. Um, and then we said, you know what? Well, fuck it. Let's make a video here. Let's just make a Let's just put it all together and see what we can do. And then we asked them and we said, look, we're a band and we want to do this. And is it okay if we do this here? And where can we do this? And they told us the exact place we can do it. And they let us roll with it. Only 15 minutes at a time though. we couldn't, we couldn't film past 15 minutes. After, because too many people kind of congregated around us it was causing a like a, a scene. Yeah. And so we'd film for 15 minutes, then we'd stop and then people would disperse, go back to doing their thing, and then we'd start again.
0: Wow. That's so controlled.
1: Like Oh, oh dude, it's it was, North Korea sucks, man. It was awful. It was <laughs> like I couldn't I couldn't believe how awful that was. It was like the weirdest Twilight Zone shit I've ever seen.
0: But in I a way I like,
1: can't believe people can be controlled that way.
0: Yeah. No, that's absurd. Like I, I, like but in, in a way it's it' because it, it's so punk rock to be like, let's make a video here, but also so punk rock to be like respectful in that way,
1: you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because you know, look, we're there, right? right. You know, I didn't want to fucking, I knew where we were, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So, I wanted to see if we could do this, you know, a little bit the right way. I didn't want to fuck them up too much. I mean, there's some footage in that thing, where it was illegal footage, mm. but uh. <laughs> It was just because, you know, there was a lot... Of, the people of North Korea are very, very sweet and kind. They were really nice to us. And they were like... Everywhere we went, we had these two North Korean guides. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, remember, I remember at the end of the trip... I'm so glad I didn't do this. I remember at the end of the trip, I was thinking, oh I'm going to give our guide a little gift, like a little <laughs> mixtape of rock and roll. Just like a 50s rock and roll, you know? What I mean? Right. Had I done that, that could have caused like an international incident. You know what I mean? I could have... That girl could have gotten in trouble, and I could have got—I definitely could have gotten in trouble. And who knows what would have happened to her? Fuck. It, it was just yeah. there was never a moment when we were there where we forgot where we were ever.
0: That's that's intense. It was you,
1: just that, so oppressive.
0: That doesn't seem like it would be an international incident to give someone a.
1: I know, a just to give of, someone some music. Right. Yeah, you know I mean? but it, it would have been really hard. Fuck.
0: Yeah. Damn. <laughs>
1: It gave me a lot of respect for, for China, though, actually, going to, going over to see that. Because China in the 60s and 50s was very similar to that, you know, in the whole cult of personality thing with Mao Zedong. They're going through that right now with a, with a, uh, Kim Jong-un, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, that's I guess crazy. that is a, a perspective uh, to take, it, like at least a, a better perspective of where it's at.
1: Like, it is yeah I mean of, you know, of course they have their own problems here but like it's it definitely is not as bad as it could have been
0: True True and that's that's pretty amazing That's pretty amazing like yeah. like because I when when Howard reached out to me to talk with you and I was like oh fuck this guy seems this story has to be intense and like they go from like Florida to all these like environments where to do the punk rock thing is 10 times more challenging to <laughs> you know what I mean because yeah, that's a, that whole thing is against any you know not I mean okay that's defining what punk is and like it's not always against
1: shit, well it's just it just goes it kind of puts to the limit it puts the test I see what you're saying and it's true it's you know yeah it's a type of music but that whole lifestyle you know, brahmin that people usually bring up when it comes to this kind of genre of music, yeah, really comes into play whenever you see it in action like this.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's
1: it, you know, and it's, what are people willing to risk to do this? Right. So it's and it's and then when you finally do it, when you when I saw those people, you know, kicking ass at the boys concert, and you know, hundred feet underground, it really it bring it makes it all worth it. It's awesome. It's amazing.
0: That's insane. Yeah, I don't that. The, that's like the purest it can be, right? Just everyone there for the reason to be there, not not, I don't know, not even that it's against, even though it was kind of against what was allowed, but like uh, just to in that energy and that critical thought of uh, that that, yeah. that music usually tends to spark.
1: That's it's so, just it's nice to see that it goes it actually really does go beyond music. It's really cool.
0: That's so badass, man. and this this your new record, Like, kind of in – cap, like, going back to working with Watt, Bill Stevenson mixed it, which is even more punk rock royalty thrown into the mix here. Was that – did you guys go with him to mix it, or did you just, like, send tracks? No.
1: Well, I mean, sort of. Not really. We went to – when we were on tour, the last time we were on tour in the States, we were on tour with MDC and Verbal Abuse. And uh, one of our dates was in Colorado, and that's where the Blasting Room is. And we know Bill. Yeah. Because we toured with the descendants here in China. Oh, shit. And supported them on their main thing here. And when we went over to America, we ran in. We, you know, he was in Colorado. He was just hanging out. And, you know, we went and got breakfast with him. He came out to our show. He was like, man, I haven't seen MDC in fucking 30 years or whatever the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. These guys are, you know, it's just like the, you know, they're they're uh, the originals, right? Right. And so, anyway, he comes out and, uh, and we hang out with him. We have breakfast, and he comes to the show. And, and then the next day, we're talking. And we're like, you know, we're making an album, and uh, Watts producing it. Would you mind? Uh, is uh, he goes? Well, do you mind if I work with you on that? And I was like, well, yeah, sure. We were actually gonna ask you.
0: Sick.
1: <laughs> And uh, he was—he was just happy to be involved. He goes, you know, and I think I should be involved with it. He, he said that he should be involved with it as opposed to the other people at Blasting Room, because he knew that we were going for an old school feel, quote unquote. Nice. And I was like, and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to argue with it. That's fine. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, Mr. C. No problem, man. Man. No problem, dude. How
0: how was it supporting the Descendants in China? What was that
1: like? That was a lot of fun. That was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. And. Uh, it was, it, we had some, okay, uh, one, it was, there was a lot of logistical problems with that tour because the descendants brought their own sound guy okay. with his own sound mixing board, right? Okay. Which is an insane nightmare when it comes to, uh, you know, just a guy like me helping bring people in.
0: Yeah.
1: As opposed to some major company, you know what I mean? Right. And, uh, uh, and you know, a merch guy and all these other guys so we had to you know and there was a lot of logistical things that went wrong like for instance we were in beijing and uh bill had you know he requires his own drum set but the motherfucker who we rented the drums set from didn't show up to the fucking show on the day of right and so we're just like what the f-? he's gone he, we can't get a hold of him luckily somebody came at the last minute and brought the drum set and uh It was. It was. And then, when that show was going down in Beijing, it was at Mao Live House in Beijing, the new one on the outskirts of the city. um, A fucking agent from the Ministry of Culture showed up to the show, and he was looking. He was threatening to shut down the show because the opening band Hangnail, their drummer, was not wearing a T-shirt or or was not wearing clothing on his upper part of his body, and he had tattoos. And so they were threatening to close the whole showdown. So we had to go through that, you know what I mean? And it was just like, it was a fucking, it was so much stress with that tour. It was crazy. And you never know when yeah. that shit, but luckily everything went through. There was a typhoon, you know what I mean? Between, we missed our last date in Shenzhen with them opening up for them. They made it, but we missed the, the flight because there was a fucking typhoon that came in and uh, threatened the the airplane. Wow. Damn, that's, but, that's... <laughs> it was insane it was nothing nothing that should have went right went right but luckily the shows went off you know and they yeah. played it was a whirlwind tour it was really hard but they did it and they kicked ass and they were super super cool the whole way through they were awesome everything was awesome with those guys
0: i mean they just seemed it, it was, like fun dudes when you
1: like oh man it was the first time i ever saw them too me personally and yeah. i was like oh, it's amazing it's so great
0: that's it. that's sick like i, so I did was just a, stoked to be there i chat i did a. it was a, cool sorry what's uh, that no 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 i was gonna say i talked to bill i did an interview with bill and he's like just like super yeah.
1: relaxed cool
0: dude and we talked oh, about coffee such a for a minute sweetheart. i right. love
1: him man but uh, him carl steve they're all fucking right. milo of course yeah they're all very 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 easygoing guys and very nice and like Dude, you know a lot of these guys when we when we tour with them out here, it's exhausting touring in China. It's not easy. Right? Clearly, it's what and you're
0: describing sounds horrible.
1: <laughs> it's it's really hard. And these guys, they not only would they play the shows and come have dinner with us, they would also I, if I invited Bill and Milo out to our local bar, they would come out.
0: <laughs>
1: That's all. And they came out to our local bar here in fucking Shanghai and just hung out. You know, it was they were just so great.
0: That's awesome. I think that speaks so much of their character.
1: You know what I mean? They were just, they were interested. You know what right. I mean? They were very interested in what was going on around them. And I couldn't have asked for anything better. They were just super interested.
0: Nice. Did you guys uh, ever tour with them in the States?
1: No, I was actually just talking to Bill about that. I guess we're going to uh, in the future when COVID nice. lets up. But uh, no.
0: All right. Well, that would be a sick show to see. Because I know their descendants uh. are putting something out now.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I heard they were working on something new.
0: So that, uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully some of the, what's, co- what's the COVID situation in like, in China? Like, uh, are you, I mean, I know masks are more like a, a normal thing, right?
1: Well, COVID in China, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm actually hanging out, do you, uh, I'm hanging out here with a friend of mine, Agway. He's actually in a local punk band out here. Sure. And uh, he could tell you from the source what COVID is like out here. Okay. Would you like to talk to him? Yeah, sure. Agwe. He game now.
2: Can you give me... Um, hello?
0: Hi, Agwe. Hello, my name is
2: Agwe. My name's Dave. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm
0: interviewing Chachi can for a podcast. Me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yep. What's uh, a, What? Tell me a little bit about your band first. My band?
2: Yeah. Uh, my band called Zulu. It was a local... Punk, punk band based in Shanghai like, I don't know we, we played like around like 10 years here yeah. we moved to Beijing and I went to LA and I'm now back in Shanghai Re- reorganized this band maybe this time it's not that punk we mixed up some like blues I don't know like different shit but still punk that's yeah, cool.
0: Man. What What do you play? Yeah. Guitar.
2: Yeah, uh, I, I I play bass guitar and I do vocal too. Okay. And I I work as a song engineer, so I do recording, mixing, everything, almost.
0: Nice. So the, cool. the do-it-all guy. Nice. What got you into? What got you on the bass? What was a? Was there like a punk what? band that inf- What was a? What was a punk music that influenced you to play punk? What got you into playing bass? Ramones. The Ramones.
2: Nice. Yep. Nice. Cause you know, you know what like, cause I didn't get any ed- music edu- education, so if there wasn't Ramones, you, I wouldn't start. Cause they, they let me know like, it's you you don't need to be that professional. You just need to start it. Right. I mean, so
0: and that's, so. That's a huge yeah. lesson. That's a huge lesson. And the Ramones did a beautiful job of telling the world yeah. that you don't have to be yeah, a professional.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Like you, you just need to start to play. And I mean, somebody will listen. Somebody will come. C- whatever, somebody gonna go into the show, no matter if it's a shady show or what.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently there's quite some that can be shady. Like, but uh, it, you're right. You're right. What? Um, do you recall what Ramon's song it was or just the Ramones in general that what was the, what was the tipping
2: point that was like, um, like I'm sorry. Can you say it again?
0: Do you recall if there was a particular Ramon song where you're like, I can do that.
2: Uh, I mean, I record the Ramone song. You mean cover or something?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or, or
2: I didn't record Ramones song. I do my, I record my original one. Gotcha. Like,
0: okay. So it was yeah. inspired from it.
2: Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, I re- we covered this on in the live performance, but I just didn't record it because they record. I can I cannot do better than remons, you know. Right. So
0: no, it's a good point. Like, no reason but, to do what they already did. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: What's a so Chachi said you were gonna let me know about a what's what's COVID like over there? How fried is Co-
2: it? <laughs> how flat I'm sorry I, I didn't how, how messed up question. is it
0: how messed up is it
2: like how crazy is it you mean Shanghai or China yeah it's crazy like people for for the the country is like right. yep it just they block everything it's just like a you, like ten years ago, you can smoke weed on the street. All kinds of band. Uh Now, if you want to go to a show, you want like if you want to have a show, like you, if you want to play, you have to pay the government to do the like culture check. Check your lyrics. Check everything. Like you need to pay like almost uh, like two hundred dollars U.S. dollars.
0: Damn. And how often does so, that turn out to be okay? How often are you turned down by what you record?
2: I'm I'm sorry. How uh, often do uh, they like, approve
0: it? How often, like when you send a recording, uh, is it like, yep, that's fine? Uh,
2: pop, 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 probably like one week going through, but you can't say dirty words. No, no anti, no politics. Uh, yeah, o- almost nothing you can say for punk rock. In and and especially the the venue getting less, and the band is more coming to like TV show shit. So, they I don't know like some band gets gets money compared to ten years ago. Uh, the, but I don't think they're much more much fun funny band like interesting band. Right, make me want to watch, right? So, yeah, they got like some promotion for the TV show for like rock hero band. And um, but, in my opinion, the, most of the yeah, charge gun take this, okay? Okay, now it's nice All to right. talk to you, yeah,
0: nice to talk to you too. And I agree, I think anything that's approved is going to not be as inspiring or insightful or it make you think. If it's approved, it's probably not as cool. But thanks for mm-hmm. chatting. Uh, make sure Chachi sends me your uh, sends me your music. I would love to check it out.
2: Uh, thank. I will send it to him. Right. Oh, thank
0: you. Cool. Thanks.
2: Yeah. yeah, man.
0: Nice to meet you.
2: Hey, buddy.
0: Hey, cool. Uh, <laughs> um, where are you exactly, Chachi? Are you like a... In a studio? I'm in my house in Shanghai. Oh, okay, okay. The, oh, sorry, I did So everyone's just hanging out, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually moving into a new house. Yeah? And my buddy is here, yeah. Oh, cool, cool.
0: Well, uh, hey, man, I really appreciate uh, your time and chatting with me and oh, diving of course, in. Oh, man, shit. And, like, the record is awesome and really, like, I was... It, it, it sparks interest right away and just makes you start... The, I, I never thought about, like how difficult or even what, e- if there was a, I mean, I assume there was a challenge to do like a, a punk band in China. It was such a forethought or like a far out thought and like diving into your career has like opened up so many like uh, perspectives on that in this conversation. So I, well,
1: yeah. Cause I mean a lot of people, China is such a bubble, right? Right. It's like very insular, but uh, China, punk rock has been happening here since <sighs> going on three decades now and it's no longer a new thing but it's new to a lot of people just because simply because it just doesn't get out you know right. what I mean right but uh you know Agwe Agwe and there's you know, there's a lot of people that that love this form of music and they just really they get it you know
0: yeah that's so awesome yeah send me Agwe stuff I'd love to check it out in this oh chat for here. sure that'd be sick absolutely um, for sure but it's 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 what's so inspiring about it is it's a, a task that seems near impossible, you know what I mean? Like you're like, oh, that's you can't do that there, and you're proving it. You're proving that it can happen, and it can happen with respect, and it can happen with integrity, and sound awesome, and have punk royalty sprinkled into it, such as Watt and Stevenson and uh, Greg Ken. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's so badass. Yeah, yeah. So thank well, you so much trying. for yeah, you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much for chatting with me man and whenever you're in Cleveland hey, thanks again so much for talking to me. I would love to love to uh, uh, share a bill or come check out a show
1: oh for sure man All right, well, next time we're, we'll, we'll feed the crackheads together
0: let's do it I'll bring my socks you bring your socks <laughs> yeah. I got plenty of stinky <laughs> socks
1: let's do it dude let's make some money